Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because this is a podcast and you listen to podcasts whenever people listen to podcasts. This one is going to be exceptionally special because we're going to learn about a city that is very close to most of us, and I'm not going to butcher it. I'm going to allow the native Toto Robinson, the bon vivant of New Orleans, to tell me first to start, how do we pronounce New Orleans? Aha. Uh-huh. You don't say Nolans. Don't say Nolans. Don't say Nolans. Can I run down the street yelling who dat? You can. You can yeah, who dat there and, and who dat here. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Who dat's that's that's happening. That's legit. That comes from where you at, which is a, a historical point. Okay. Hysterical, historical New Orleans doesn't make a, a lot of difference between it. So when <laughs> in the end, in the in the long years ago, you had the frats. The fraternity boys, and you had the local guys who were the yats, the where yats, because that's how we say it. Not how you doing, but where you at. So the yats would fr- uh, fight with the frats, and then well, where's the who dats come? That's if we got the, the yats football, and the frats. When the football team came, the frats they're up in the suites, but the yats are down there now. They're who dats? Who dat is the where yat? And who that gonna beat them Saints? <laughs> okay, I, I, okay, we are it, literally. It, it's a transmission. It's a transmission. We are one minute and thirty-two point five seconds into this podcast in New Orleans, and not only have I learned nothing, this is called a lot to learn with Austin Rogers, and I don't think I'm gonna learn anything, but I think we're all gonna be entertained. <laughs> Toto, you are a lifelong, multi generational New Orleans. New Orleanian. New Orleanian. Yeah. Is that what we call us? Yes. Us, nice. not you. Is that what we call you? <laughs> New Orleanian. Um, and this, this city, now I have not been here since uh, before Katrina. And I stayed at a hotel or I'm staying in a hotel in the central business district. And when I was last here, that was a no-fly zone. That was a shady place of boarded up office buildings. Oh my God, what a renaissance this city has had. Yeah. Talk about, well, let's, you want to do the big one and talk about going through Katrina? Sure, because it was a, uh, a moment in life that I'll never forget. Yeah. And it was a moment in life that uh, most people don't have. It was a chance to be a hero. And who in life really has a chance to be a hero? Not many. Not many. And, and, it, and, and it, it happened so that it pulled people together. My son, Garner, came down from New York to help out, and we went together into no man's land because it was a, like, demilitarized zone. There were nothing but uh, 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 pet protection people, animal shelter people, and, and, and army 
and, you know, Marines. Literal army boots on the ground. Yeah, right, patrolling with guns. So there was nobody around. The red lights didn't work. The green lights didn't work. It was open field running. And there was an opportunity to help, to help bring people back to work, right. to help get things restarted, to help, you know, the common man. But this does not sound like, uh, by the way, we are coming here from uh, Toto's remarkably artistically appointed home in New Orleans. It is beautiful. Um, and now pardon the joke after you gave us the tour, but uh, there were light switches, but they weren't working, right? Like you could, everything was going on, but you know, you couldn't flip the switch and make it all go back on. That takes an immense amount of infrastructure and people to do that, to bring New Orleans back online. What was the duration of this? Because frankly, us in the news media viewing public, we go, oh my God, terrible hurricane. And then yawn, moving on. How long was it? Before the electricity came back on? No, just in general, the recovery oh, in general. The recovery. It yeah. was uh, um, in different stages. I think, you know, the first six months were heroic, if you will. Right. And after that, business uh, started being as usual. And it was, it was the young people that came into town. And it was also the, 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 the international focus, the photographs of New Orleans that were taken and the video that was shared throughout the world still 15 years later, 14 years later, right? <laughs> we got to talk about that is, in a little bit. Is, is, is uh, still uh, uh, what people ask you about. When I say I'm from New Orleans and you know, I could be in, um, in uh, uh, Tallinn, Estonia. Yep. Where are you from? New Orleans. Oh, how is how y'all doing after Katrina? I'm going like that was 14 years ago, man. It's over. We're totally recovered. We're better than we ever were. The food is better. The music is better. The art is better. The the uh, the streets are not better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's another problem we have down here. Uh, uh, the sewage and water boy. <laughs> that, that's not much better. But, <laughs> but but it was it was a very interesting time, and I, I, when I think about it, it uh, it was uh, uh, the hopefully the only time in my life that I have an opportunity to be a hero. a hero. And I don't I I don't intend to intrude on you to regale oneself in your heroism. Instead, I want to talk about the spirit that brought you together with your fellow New Orleanians. Did I get yeah. that right? New Orleanians, yeah. uh, because this is. If, if this is one of the most, I, I studied, I have a major degree in American history with a concentration in slavery, right? That's why I studied. This city is one of the most remarkable cities, definitely on this continent, and if not in Earth, because I can't think of another place that has had France then slave, then black culture, then white culture, then American culture, then disaster, all in a confluence of one place where it, I can't... It's the Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. Oh, forgot the Spanish. Right. Oh, my God. I can't even forget that. So tell me about, as a New Orleanian, tell me about what that means to you to be living literally in the hotbed of history because we look out your street and we see these homes mm -hmm. and half of me is like, they're incredibly beautiful mm -hmm. and the other half of me is like, I think I know who built them. Well, the, the, I But think, I might be wrong. You got, you, got, you got to bring the word Creole into the conversation. Right. Okay, because uh, 
and Creole means a lot of different things, uh, depending on who you are and when when you're talking in history. But uh, we have been a city of mixture yes. from the very beginning, from the French giving over the control to the Spanish, to the Spanish uh, uh, bringing in the Indians, to, you know, we uh, were a slave trade center. And uh, let me digress. Slavery was a horrible institution. But as I grew up, you know, we were taught that, you know, we were kind to slaves, which was, of course, not true. Right. But the French were kinder to slaves than the Americans. The Americans came down here in 1803 and took over, and they started building, you know, huge plantations with vast hordes of, of, of enslaved people. Right. And, and, but the French had, you know, helper slaves, kitchen slaves, and they let their slaves work one day a week and earn money and buy freedom. And there were many, many people in New Orleans that, uh, who bought their freedom and were able to, you know, as black people, uh, marry and build and, you know, most of New Orleans, the, those nice houses that you're talking about. Yep. And, and some of the, the lower houses were built by Creoles who uh, uh, became tradesmen and yep. became skilled artisans. And, and they are the bedrock uh, of, of, of the mixture that came in. So all the different mixtures, slaves, Indians, French, Spanish came right. and, and kind of made a Creole gumbo. And those are the people that have stayed throughout all this history, and those are the people who are still the bedrock of New Orleans. That's and 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 you're you're completely right. At least from my my historian background, like uh, the Anglo, let's call one the Anglo-American slave system, and then the other the Franco then American slave system. You're totally right. Yes, there were there were uh, immense amounts of rights and land ownership and everything, and and. A design system of manumission. There was no manumission in that, but that is what sort of embodies New Orleans. And you just—I think you just said it because the the national. You guys are sort of a nation unto yourself, aren't yes. you? The we're, national we're banana republic. Yeah, unto ourselves, but yes. the gumbo, the gumbo. You guys embody the gumbo. You are just a mixture of everything. Gumbo being. Whatever you can fetch from the swamp or the neighborhood or the grocery store or what's on sale. And that brings up another word. Who knows what lanyap is? I have no idea what lanyap is. Lanyap, who can spell it? L-A-G-N-I-N-A-I-P-P-E. It's a French word. Uh huh. And in New Orleans, everybody knows what lanyap is. It means a little something free. It means... Wait, what? They, I have no idea what this is. Because that was on the, on, the, on the breakfast thingy today. Was it? Lanyaps was on the... Oh, yeah. It's on, it's on every menu. It's on every menu. It's, uh, we have... $9 for two eggs. Okay. Any style you want, $9. Lanyap. It's an it's, it's a, it's a iconic word that's used a whole lot in New Orleans. I've never seen it anywhere else, else in the world. It's a French word, and you ask any French person from France, and they never heard of it, uh-huh. and they don't understand it, and they think you're crazy when you say a little bit of something for free. But our tradition is that if you got 
bananas that are going to go bad tomorrow, you put them in your customer's grocery sack and say, here, here's your lanyard. You know, uh, it's a like it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a linguistic evolutionary dead end because it probably meant something somewhere along the line, but only this culture retained it. The Creoles. It's like, it's like a baker's dozen, but we don't remember what the baker. Is <laughs> right, right, right. Why was there right. a baker's dozen? I don't know, but we know the what baker used to give away the. 13. The 13th for free. So that's the Lanyap. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. And yeah, and that was that's another thing. You have your own we do not in the rest of the United States, we have either a Latin Spanish uh, linguistic influence because we've got like, you know, you drive across the arroyo. Everyone's like arroyo, but we uh-huh. all know that means dry stream bread, right? Or you you've got uh a, you've got cities uh, like Milwaukee. We know that's an Algonquin word. But you guys have your own, all of this uh, language, right? Like, I still had to look up, because I forgot, because I hadn't eaten at a Cajun restaurant in a long time. I thought, uh, you're going to kill me. Please do not kill me. Please do not kill me. I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I thought I, I thought I forgot, and I thought a muffaletta. I thought a muffaletta was like a quiche. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mufala, mufalata, mufalata. Oh, I can't even say it. I yeah. can't even no. say it. And not, talk, and not talk many about people that can. Word, talk about the word placage, because a lot of people here have forgotten what placage is. Well, then it's from, from. By the way, this is a family affair. For those who are listening, we've got a yeah. lot of we got a lot of divergent voices <laughs> chiming in. But honestly, mm-hmm. that's by design because we figured while we were figuring out what to do and what to talk about, we figured out. This little cultural melange is the New Orleans it's, way. It's a party. Yeah. <laughs> it's a party. There is booze involved as well. Yeah. Um, what, was the, what was the word that you brought placage. up? Placage. So from lanyap, uh, which is a lost French word, placage is another system. And it was practiced when the French and then the Spanish um, uh, were in New Orleans before the Americans came. And um, let's say second generation French started it. And it was a system by which um, young men born into a French family in the French Quarter uh, stayed with the women. A young boy was in the kitchen with the women, and with his mammy in the skirts, watching the cooking, being fed, coddled, etc., until the hormones started setting in, and you know maybe growing a little beard, or it became obvious that you couldn't leave him with the women anymore, and so. The men would take him, his father, his uncles, his older cousins, and one of the first things, well, they would teach him how to duel, they'd teach him how to sword fight, how to shoot, how to hunt, and the art of love. And by doing that, they would hire, they'd go to a, 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 a woman of color, Creole, and say, you've got a beautiful daughter, and I'd like to hook her up with my son, my nephew, and we'll get them a little apartment in the French Quarter, and they can live together, and she can teach him, and he can love her. They can't get married. This is a system of placage, and this was a, uh, a learning the art of, of lovemaking, and, and, and it was one of these unacknowledged but very regular routine social structures. What? So interracial. Interracial. Yes, but 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 almost yes, always always interracial. Because yeah. because I'm assuming that the young French man who has moved out of the kitchen and the woman's domain into the placage domain, mm-hmm. this sounds like 
uh, frankly, an aristocratic sort of thing. Like the, the the princeling takes the the servant woman for his lover until well, he finds the other. When you when you when you mention no 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 oh yeah that yeah. she's this in this case. She's but what real. I'm what I'm thinking is I'm thinking I'm extrapolating. Like it right. sounds to yeah, me like uh, the dauphin has that servant woman and he keeps her and he might love her for but he can never marry her because right. he is of he is the dauphin. Of France, and he must marry that princess, right? And, 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 and I think, and that, these men are of this sort of strata as well. It's another thing you really got to understand about New Orleans, right? Is you mentioned the word royalty, yes, and the Dauphin. New Orleans is a, a colony, and, yes, and and in a colony, you don't have to be real royalty of royal blood, but you can be local royalty of mm-hmm. your own making. So I believe that a lot of these French families, Spanish families, created their own system of royalty, which today we call Mardi Gras. Wait, what? Because hold on, no, come yeah. on, you're you're okay. No, I the, 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 I'm the king of making leaps of faith. Yeah, and that was Thelma and Louise going off a cliff in a Thunderbird right there. I am lost now. How? How is that self-made royalty, how does that become Mardi well, Gras? How are you going to dig yourself out of this one, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> that was... Did I mention the word Rex? <laughs> yeah? So uh, uh, out of this Creole tradition and this, um, this, this New Orleans, uh, uh, how can I say, um, uh, New World tradition, and... and, and uh, came the the celebration of Lent. And, right. Okay, we all know about Brazilian uh, uh, Rio Carnaval and uh, several many Catholic cities still celebrate this. Right. This 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 wonderful spiritual moment. New Orleans celebrates it as Fat Tuesday and in that there's a whole or there's a whole very public and also subtly unspoken uh, system of who gets to be the duke, who gets to be have their daughter be, you know, uh, right. at the head of the of the line, who gets to be king of this parade. How many organizations are there today? They've got to be thirty more, thirty-five, forty. Right, and it's also a whole system of of, of debutantes and right, you know, pecking orders and secret societies, and it's not just you know a lot of people think it's just Fat Tuesday when people are out catching beads. No, but this is this is season. integral to yours your culture. It's a, it's a, we all we get to be royals, so right? We get to be you know king for a day. Well, Queen for a weekend. For those of you who haven't experienced Mardi Gras, and most people, most people have not, and also most people who have been here for Mardi Gras also have not, because to us, the northerner or the guy from California, dude, bro, gotta go to Mardi Gras, and then there's the parades. Ooh, they're fun parades. Right. I didn't know there was any backstory between, behind these. I just thought, you know, oh, the local who's he, what's he group gets together and they get their float and they well, throw out their beads. That's but that the, is not, the, that's not real. The royals have parties and they throw favors to the crowd. Right. So it's a way of pleasing the common man. It's a way of the royals 
you know, gaining favor with the, the common man. And that's why when I, when we first started talking, I, I described myself as, you know, uh, one of the fun people in the crowd. Because being in the crowd, well, actually has its own <laughs> subtle layer of royalty in the crowd. But it's, it's like watching the king go by. You know, the emperor and there's something with to be, or without clothes. There's something to be said to why hey, I got to watch the king go by. That's right. that's almost he as cool. Me something. That's almost as cool as he being waved like, to me. Yes. I got to be the guy three people behind the king. I also got to see the king go by. I also got to get a favor from that. Oh my god. This this is this is mind blowing because I'm trying to wrap my head and, around it. And there's it. a lot of creativity that goes into it because so it started as something, it's grown into something else, and today there's so much um, uh, 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 how can I say frivolity and comedy right and sarcasm and cynicism about it that happens at the same time and is displayed to all the people so at the same time we can revere royalty we can also laugh at them and it's very self-aware it's, oh, uh, on some level. On some level, it's totally not self-aware. <laughs> it's, it's self-aware with a lot of intoxication involved. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I always want to try to like add value and add like uh, add depth to things. And you're like, no, no, no. It's, it's got a really rich cultural tradition. I'm always like, absolutely not. And, 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 also, and also, we literally are wasted. <laughs> oh, no. And then there's this piece. I mean, I've literally been with moms who have been crying in bathrooms and in beautiful lunch carnival luncheons downtown because their daughter wasn't queen of something you know like there's, there's a lot of anxiety weird, around that royalty there's yeah this weird right thing that can happen you know because it's all about celebration and about the culture and all of that and then there's just all of these layers of onions that you peel back but at the same time you know you don't want to be kicked last, uh, picked last on the kickball team, you no. know? So, oh, I get it. Um, okay, so we've got Mardi Gras, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the king comes by, but it's also really, it's overtly religious because it is tied to the Lenten, the beginning of the Lenten era, right? right. Or the Lenten period of time, the 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, but... Now and now we've got you know French and Spanish and American and everything, and black and white and Creole and mixtures and music and food. Let's mm-hmm. get into that. Mm-hmm. Your entire life has been spent here in mm-hmm. pretty much for the rest of the country. The envy of music and food. You know, uh, where where's that come in? Well, let's see what say. Um. For years, as I travel out of town and um, to foreign places, I, I used to bring my own food because you just couldn't get good food anywhere else. But now you can get good food anywhere else. But I still bring my own music mm-hmm. because we're immersed in it. We can hear from our front porch, we can hear uh, high school bands practicing Yeah, uh, for Mardi Gras parades. We, we have... Uh, Venues that start at seven o'clock in the evening for you know a certain set of people, and other places that start at eleven thirty, and there throughout it, there's music. Throughout it, there's music for everyone. Our church has wonderful music, and not only religious music, 
They play jazz. Just great music. Yeah. So, um, you know, Parker has, has increased. I've been bo- I'm born here, raised here. I grew up dancing to the music here. And then luckily, Parker came along into my life later, and she's deep into the New Orleans music, the production of it, the... Parker is the uh, lovely, long, lovely young woman who is chiming in right now right. Uh, exuberantly, and I love it because she's wearing, oh, no, she's got her own microphone now. We made Uh-oh. sure that that happened because I think you guys are co-experts in this endeavor right here. Um, and it's just so fascinating to have both of you guys be like so in-depth into the New Orleans. I'm being uh, beckoned for a Basil Hayden, so I think I'll take that. Um, yeah, do you, do you care, Parker, to talk about a little bit about the cultural melange that creates the New Orleans music scene? Because I don't think people get it, because I don't. Well, I, I just was so lucky. You know, I'm, I'm not from here, and I landed with the, this local family, but um, I'm so lucky because my journey with the music here began when I was put on the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival and Foundation Board, the mm-hmm. Jazz Fest here. And this year is our 50th year. And um, so I just was immersed in this when I, fr- I moved here maybe 20-something years ago. And well, talk, about, talk about how if you go out... You can't really avoid. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid music, yeah. And no. not only that, it's not like what you hear in New York and what you hear in L.A., which is all good, but kind of studio. This stuff is so soulful. I, th- I think it was Garner's birthday. We had like we had guys in the backyard that were from the meters, you know, who just... I love the meters. Right, Are you kidding me? Just in the backyard. What? Just playing their brains out. Because That's insane. They like to play, and they love to play with each other, so they'll... They'll just like, you know, you call your, everybody knows everybody here. So right. you call your friend who's a musician and, you're, and you say. And next thing you know. Hey, we'd really love, you know, we, got, we're, we have this little gathering. Would you, you know, pull together some guys? And then, you know, you have, it doesn't matter. You're going to have great musicians. You have, too, they, you have too much fun. You, you die. And there's more music. <laughs> Tell hey, that story. well, well, I want to. Well, I actually want to. I actually want to hear about that because one of the traditional, traditional tropes of non-New Orleanians is the New Orleans jazz funeral, and what it brings up to me is. Um, I remember being in a music <laughs> studies class, right? And uh, I think I was in either sophomore or, no, junior or senior year in high school. And they started playing music. And it was gamelan music of Indonesia. And the professor or teacher, because it's high school and they're not called professors then, they go, <laughs> they go, what does this evoke? And everyone, it's it's gamelan, so it's 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 in like a polyrhythm, and it's That's in a ironic. and it's in a it's in a it's in a, uh, a a major key to our ears, and everyone goes, oh, it's joyous and it's uplifting, and the the teacher goes, no, this is this is Indonesian funeral music. Mm-hmm. This means that music is not an absolute language, so. Let's talk about the New Orleans funeral procession, which to me is like, that is the happiest music I've ever seen and watched in my life. But it's still a funeral. You have that. You have the joy of... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Of people passing on to the, the other side, uh, but, but there's a dirge in, in, in New Orleans funeral music. The, uh, there's, there's, there's a um, very slow... You know, uh, horse-drawn hearses, um, pro- professional mourners, uh, waving feathers, wearing black, and that's the slow, old um, dirge funeral music. Right. Right. And then you, then you have the second line, and those there now you have people who were joyously dancing, and maybe they knew. The, the recently uh, deceased, or maybe they knew the cousin, uh, or maybe they don't. I, maybe they is, just walked out of the grocery store at the what, right time. What I did not catch that word. The, in the cousin. Middle. Oh, we're all cousin. I do. do nope. No well, idea. You, you might think of the word as cousin. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Now I get it. No, all we're, right. we're, we're we're all cousin. I am. I am. I am totally. Yes. But, I'm. I'm from the north. Sorry, Gabon, <laughs> Gabon is not funeral music. What's that? It's not funeral. No, no, no. He played a gamelan funeral piece. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was just saying it's not funeral. No, 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 no. He played a gamelan funeral piece and said, why could this joyous music be funereal in, and he goes, music is not absolute. And yeah, I think that's. But that's, that's, that's the funeral. whole deal. Exactly. Like the dirge turns into. Exactly. So you, you have two of these songs and everyone's kind of walking slowly mm-hmm. and then it's. it's but then they start, associate it. Then with, they yeah. keep rolling yeah. and they get, they get into this whole other happy, you know, joy. Right, because as Toto said, hey, they passed on and they're in a better place and this is fantastic. And we're having a party. And so we're having a party. That's again. Uh, which is dance. Again, yeah, again, again. It's, a, it's the free show. I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's the free show. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the Irish wake. It's the Irish wake where it you is, go, oh, well, you know what? Um, let's go tell some stories about the old man, you know, and you tell the stories and you make someone laugh harder and harder each time. You guys just happen to do it with music. (laughs) Oh, Oh, he's gone. He's gone. It's so bad. But by the way, here's the music. Celebrate him. Celebrate him because he's still got family around. So let's lift them up. Tell the story about your 60th birthday. Well, uh, okay, very quickly. The um, he doesn't look a day over. I know. Fourteen. <laughs> fourteen. <laughs> or some some multiple some multiple thereof. Three times fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's only forty-two. <laughs> so uh, either way, I still felt like I was uh, infringing on cultural appropriation by using your very regional dialect. Just. Just you guys don't ever say. Uh, just you guys don't ever say tournament or bagel, and we'll be cool. Right. <laughs> no. So uh, a few years ago, uh, 
the, and, the, and the perpetrators are in the room. Garner and Parker mm-hmm. uh, planned a surprise birthday party for my 60th. They weren't really clever about it. But because, it involved the Treme brass band. But, but, but Are you, Okay, I will get into that jump in a ahead, second. Jump ahead. And so, and, 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 and so you know, Parker said, uh, what's, Garner's, what's Garner's cell phone number? Again, I said, I gave it to you three times. Duh. And uh, Garner's going, how come Parker's not returning my call? I said, uh, because, you know, you're planning a surprise birthday party for me. And, um, and, and so I'm going like, these people are not really good at it, but I'm going to act. <laughs> I'm really going to. So, so you literally knew from day zero. Uh, three weeks ahead. Okay? <laughs> but, 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 but. But and, so and, and so I'm I'm acting like I don't know, right? <laughs> so they trumped me. They did it a week ahead. <laughs> and I was caught totally The with, player got played. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> my talk about my pantaloons were down. So <laughs> a couple friends kept me playing pool at a, a local bar and uh, Saturday afternoon and uh, suddenly these people from my past and my present Start showing up at this bar. I'm going, this is so weird. People was, from Europe, you know. Like. Yeah. Well, yeah. What are you doing here? Oh, we come here every Saturday afternoon. Bullshit. You're my priest. What are you doing here? You, know? you start bragging about all the people you know. Yeah. Well, like, I'm going to start coming. I'm going to start coming here every Saturday because all my friends come here. By the way, that sounds that sounds pretty Norlinian to be like, look at all the people I know. I'm bragging about it now. I'm the big man on campus. I'm the king now. Yeah, and it was. I'm, I'm feeling like the king, and I'm feeling like, but you know, like, but you know, I want to. I, I kind of even told my some of my friends. I said, you know, I know a week from now they're planning a surprise birthday party, but don't tell anybody that I know. <laughs> so uh, they dragged me outside to this brass band, the Treme Brass Band, and if you're from here. You revere the Treme Brass Band. This is Uncle a marching Lionel, band. No Uncle really. Lionel, who who passed, he, he went on to the great beyond. But I think he's still standing in effigy. Yeah, they yeah. did something really funny to him. After, they, they preserved after, him. They preserved him. But anyway, this up. is years before that. And 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 so wait, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, have to get that. into that. But <laughs> we're definitely gonna have to get into that. Is it time for a commercial? Yeah, no, it's not time for a commercial. Um, I want you to continue. So. I, I I dragged out of the bar <laughs> 75 of my friends from locally and around the world are standing out in the street and the band starts up and I'm going, oh, this is the surprise party. I started to figure it out. I mean, I, I literally was blown into another dimension. <laughs> I, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when all of a sudden it's like, wow. <laughs> I don't know what to do, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. And so, it's about six, seven blocks from this bar to my house, and we start a second line. I told you what a second line is. Yep. It's a parade. Yep. It's a walking parade with a brass band, and uh, Lionel's leading it, and the, and the Treme brass band is taking us down the street. And apparently, everybody along the street knew about this because of the people you know earlier. Parker, was that bar. you? 
No, Bar- no, it's just Parker's that people marching. were going down there, and so they, people knew. Is this just what happens? This is kind of what happens. Oh, my God. What you guys can't hear in the room right now is I queued up, because only a couple of us have headphones, is I queued up uh, Jesus on the main line with Uncle Lionel Batiste, and yeah. that, is, right. that is happening right now that as is, we continue talking. And, awesome. and so there we are. I'm marching to that, right? Uh, we're walking. We have Down drinks in our street. hands. The people are coming out of their houses on both sides and toasting us as we parade down the street. And I can see these lights all blaring from uh, our house and that we're walking towards. And next to me is my priest, who I've known for many years. <laughs> and he says, and, and, and Lionel's blasting away, as you can hear right now. And he says, Toto, when I go and die, I want, I want a parade like this. And I said, and I said, well, William, that's that's very interesting. And I, and I stopped, and I stopped, and I said, and it suddenly hit me. I said, William, is this my birthday or is this my funeral? <laughs> <laughs> for a moment, for a moment, I was not sure which one. And the lights blazing up ahead. You know, and we're all my friends marching along to my favorite music. Well, it turned out to be my birthday. I hope I have as much fun at my funeral. Knowing you, you will. I, I Knowing you, it'll make it'll be a surprise. I, I want to keep this going, but I don't know how now. So, someone please tell me what. Well, I think we ought to go back to the very beginning. You want to know about New Orleans? Yes. Okay. All right. All I'm right. Lucky this is a perfect. This to, is a perfect. To be segue. a New Orleanian and to have a lot of friends who know a lot more about this than I do. Right. But uh, and, and and lucky enough to be the uh, grandson of a very. Very well-known New Orleanian, Martha Gilmore Robinson. Mm-hmm. More about her separately, but but uh, but but she took me and and uh, and her grandchildren to the roots of New Orleans, the churches of New Orleans, the architecture of New Orleans, the the, the preservationist battles of New Orleans, and so that gave us a grounding. Right, really did. But one thing I've learned. And from some of that grounding is that this city, and I don't mean the state, and I don't mean the, you know, the area around, but this city, Orleans Parish, is born on a lie. And mm-hmm. to this day, we still prevaricate the truth. I'm not sure that's right diction, but mm, made sense it's to me. all sort of, sometimes it's a, a, a game, sometimes it's a lie, sometimes it's total bullshit, but it started at the beginning. Bienville, now, Bienville and, and, and Iberville, the two brothers, yep. founded New Orleans. Yep. They flummoxed yep. Louis the King. Yep. Yeah. This okay, was you know a, oh yeah, this yeah. was this was a straight up Ponzi scheme. Yeah, this it was. was this was sure. straight up real estate speculation. Right. It was it was the tulip trade, and then it was New Orleans. Right. It was New New France, the Mississippi River. It was it was it was like those 1950s, like move out to Levittown. It'll be great out there. Everyone gets a new home. A chicken in every pot, a turkey in every chicken, uh, a turducken in every turducken. Uh, no, yes, you're right. I'm so happy you brought that up. 
This place was a scam. It was a scam, and, and luckily, the scam worked. Or we'd all be sitting in <laughs> we'd all be sitting in Man Shack right now, <laughs> feeding Wait, the mosquitoes. Sitting in what? Man Shack Pass. I don't know. That's where. Oh God! Why do you keep? I've never been in. I've never had so much new vocabulary thrown at me. I'm flummoxed. Uh-huh. There we go. What's Manchac? Manchac is where, uh, you know, so there's a system of lakes that leads up to, to Lake Pontchartrain. Right. And that's how the French originally got to New Orleans. Right. But the, if you keep going to the next lake at the top of Lake Pontchartrain, there's a, a canal that goes and joins to Lake Maurepas. And this was King Louis's engineers and his court's decision that that was the place to found their the new city. capital. Right. The city, right. yeah. Because, because they could get there by boat, uh-huh. because there is a passage to the Mississippi River, not but, far. But you're not on the Mississippi there. River. Well, that, 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 that we, we're New Orleans... No, 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 that lake isn't on the Mississippi River, right? No, No, no. right. Lake Maurepas is not on the Mississippi River, but the engineers, in their wisdom, saw the opportunity that this would be the right place for their their new capital. Right. Right. But... Didn't it... But but the two brothers, they were already selling lots down in New Orleans, right? Oh, yes, I remember this. Tell more. Yes. So... So boatloads of, of, of French are arriving, you know, new colonists. <laughs> go to the new capital. Right. No, go to this one. Right, right, right. They <laughs> think they're going to Manchac. Right. But no, but, but, but. I do remember Iberville that. and, and Bienville are saying, <laughs> no, 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 we'll bring you there later. Meanwhile, <laughs> you, need to, you need to build a little house down here. Right. <laughs> And and, oh we're, and we promise we're gonna we're gonna drain that swamp we're gonna drain that swamp next winter and uh, right For you all don't want to go up there where the Indians and the mosquitoes will bite you oh my god all right so I was told uh, by Garner Toto's son like uh, you, you just, I don't know just talk to my dad just talk to my dad it'll be a riot they said you'll have a good time they said. This is absurd, and it so embodies this city where you're like, no offense, but you seem a little bit of a scam on yourself to use my mom's nomenclature. You're like, hello, hello, hello. Don't ruin a good story with the facts, right? No, No, you know what Toto told told me on our second date? He said... (laughs) I want to tell you something. It's not a lie if you know it's a lie. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Work on that one for a while. Yeah. That's a one small step for no, no, you were definitely not there. We know that. <laughs> well, wasn't I? <laughs> I mean, that that for those of you who haven't visited this amazing city and you must now after, I mean, the resurgence is absolutely spectacular uh i i think i just want to cap it off in like the next 10 or so minutes and talk about that resurgence because we talked about the beginning we talked about the way beginning we talked about you know hey come down to this swamp i got a good deal for you um why do i always talk like a 1920s like salesman i'm like why the Duesenberg is the car of the future now take that hindenburg you'll get across the atlantic in seven days um no um so this is this might touch on some nerves because 
I got a problem with it, the, the big G word, the gentrification. And um, I, as a New Yorker, I see it happening. I've lived in New York for 20 years now. I see it happening in my neighborhood. I see it happening in other neighborhoods. And 50% of me is like, hey, it's really super great to be able to walk down the streets. And 50% of me is like, hey, guy with the fixie and a beard, go fuck yourself. I don't like you, and I don't need a Starbucks here. How do you guys feel? Because I've had roughly, I'm going to just ballpark it, 25, 30 friends of mine leave Brooklyn, never Manhattan. No one ever seems to leave Manhattan. Leave Brooklyn (laughs) to move to New Orleans. So do not, uh, if you want to be diplomatic, be diplomatic. But I feel that this city is never really diplomatic. So what do we think? As the Fritos are chewed. <laughs> right, in the microphone, I might add. Oh, no, that's fine. This is just adding to the character. There's a lot of... Ca- there's, and yes, yes. There's a lot of character here. There is a lot of character here. And I'm okay with it. Can you film smiles? <laughs> no, but Maria can. So, no. Uh, Toto, what do, you, what, do you, what do you really feel? I mean, I just want to get from the insider's perspective of the outsiders arriving. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a tough question. It's a very easy answer, but not a true answer. Mm-hmm. The, the the real answer is multi-layered. Right. Because, because um, we as New Orleanians are benefiting from the influx of people. Our property values have gone up mm-hmm. 30 to 40%. Our, uh, our, 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 our civic life has been enhanced. There's a lot more energy. Um, at the same time, you know, that everything's changed, in a way, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know how to quantify what we've lost from Katrina because we've lost. We've lost families. We've lost people. Right. We've lost a part of culture. Right. Luckily, the community and a bunch of people who work hard have saved our music and have saved our, a lot of our heritage. That continuity is real. Yes. We, we, we have, and we, we have we, foundational, we, we have been investing in children ever since Katrina into our music and into our culture. I mean, my foundation that I'm on the board of alone invests between a million and two million dollars a year back into those children, into the oh, yes, culture, into the culture, you know. Yeah. So we, we really take that seriously. I think it can be a little disheartening sometimes that with, I mean, it's great because all these people are interested in coming here, but then they feel like we need to be fixed. And really, we don't need to be fixed. Mm. We understand what joy is. We understand what soul is. We understand what real life is. And we've been living together for a long, long, long time. And we don't need interpretation. And we don't need fixing. If you want to come be with us, be with us. But don't think you have to fix us. Right. You know? Learn our language. Be a who dat. Get some land yet. You could possibly edit this out. I have a question because, like, I want to ask him is that, like, do you think that, um, like, investment in doing something and, like, what you're doing is more worthwhile Mm -hmm. than investment in just, like, bars and stuff like that? Like, I, d- I don't make value judgments on that. You know, I'm I mean, curious. everybody's I'm, I'm got their own lane. whether there's yeah. more that goes into one there's or the other and whether it's more enriching for the community. 
I'm just interested. We have, we have just layers and layers of people who are interested in preserving the culture. Yeah. Which is great. I, and, think, that's, I and, think that's really nice. Yeah. And, and also we have partners. Like we, have, we partner with the Grammy Foundation. We partner with Nashville um, Music Foundation, you know, Jazz and Heritage Foundation. We partner with all these people and we've got tons of great programs going on. Garner's on the board of the Ellis Marcells Foundation. Yeah, we want to interview um, that. Which hopefully we will get to we'll talk get to, to in the future, yeah. Show, well, let right? me tell you something. When he dies, Who? he is a culture bearer. Oh, Ellis? And, and mm -hmm. we, we really take very seriously our culture bearers. And so, you know, we're happy when well, people come down here and really pay attention to those. But we don't no, need to that's be why fixed. When Garner mentioned it, it's like, because no. I think jazz is an amazing thing that also in New York, yeah. People really appreciate. Yeah. Oh, there is a clear New York, New Orleans mm -hmm. jazz hotline. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Louis, Louis's from here. Yeah. But Louis lived in Queens. Exactly. You know, there we go. It's yeah. right there. You know, uh, I forgot who it was. I think it was uh, Miles from uh, Miles, Davis. Miles from Southern Mississippi. But he went up to Chicago, and that's where he started, you know? So you got the Mississippi River, and you got New York, New Orleans. You got this, Memphis. You got this Chicago. Oh, yeah. St. Oh, Louis. Memphis, St. Louis. You got this Chicago, New York, Memphis, St. Louis, Mississippi River triangle right. where, where jazz goes, right. you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so fascinating. It's so amazing. And actually, <laughs> it goes along the lines of the slave trade years ago. When I was on the board of WWOZ, we went down to Cuba to record the music. We, I was listening to that on the way in here, and OG? I just, I just thing? picked OG? it. It was the one they were playing some dope ass funk music on the yeah. way in, uh -huh. and they're like, "This is OZ," and I'm like, "What?" Yeah. Yes. Well, if you so don't know OZ, yeah, you ought to stick with OZ. Oh no, no, no! I was just flipping through. You could stream it from where, all over the world. It was awesome. It was awesome, and we rounded a corner and we saw the skyline, and it was. I think. I think it was Sam Cooke when playing. When you come across yeah. country with somebody, there's like you know yeah. certain things you have to agree on, and music is just like you have to Very pick important. a neutral thing that. Right, because like it just it started. I think it was Sam Cook or or Sam and Dave. I don't know who it was, and it was Sam playing. somebody. Well, do you know that that music station is? I mean, it, it has a really fascinating history. But we have shepherded it at the Jazz and Heritage Foundation. We've owned it. I mean, our we own that station. So cool. Right. That's, That's so cool. But the thing about that station is, I mean, during Katrina. We used the station, the DJs, to identify, you know, one of the things we were worried about is, at, after Katrina, where are the musicians? If we don't have the musicians and the people who know how Do to... Do you have music, New Orleans left? Right. If you don't have your music? That was our concern. So we were all over the country, but we oh were my trying God. to figure out... We were trying to figure so out... At the time, I was the, um, the treasurer of OZ. I was the board member in charge of the money of OZ. Right. And so the board was like working with other was working with other people, but we have to figure out where all of our culture bearers are and figure out if that's a really home. culture bearers. Yeah. yeah. You said it before, but now no, now it's important no, but now that you've said it here. Well, now that you've said it here, now now I get it. It didn't resonate before. I yeah. thought you were just using a catchword. Now I get it. It is you. It this is, is here. It's the food and the music. Yeah. If you have Katrina and people are dispersed, how do you make sure that all comes back and evolves some whatever way it's supposed to evolve? 
So one of the big things that happened after Katrina music-wise was the Rebirth Brass Band, yes. who we are friends with, um, started their regular gig on Tuesday night at the Maple Leaf. Okay, that's iconic. If you're here on a Tuesday night and you go see them, you will understand why. But once that happened, that for us was, okay, things might get back to normal. You know, we have refrigerators on the neutral ground with Christmas lights on them. And things are really weird here, but now they're playing at the Maple Leaf again. They're doing their Tuesday night game. And right now I'm playing the Rebirth Jazz Band, uh, Rebirth Brass Band, Do What You Wanna. Yeah. Do what and you wanna. this, it just, let's listen to this for a little bit. I know you guys can't listen to it because oh, you don't all have headphones. No, we can hear it in our heads. Yeah. <laughs> and if nothing embodies the diverse crazy eclectic spirit of this town I don't I just got oh god I'm getting a little choked up right now (laughs) well no I am stopped for words because like this is this is no guys this is really 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 America this is the meltingest of meltingest pots and everything from New Orleans has come in here, melted, and radiated outward. And what are the only true American art forms? Jazz, hip-hop, country music, the blues. Where do they come from? Right here. Right here. This right, is- right here, where we all know how to pop the gator. Oh, oh, God. Now, come on. I'm trying to get, like, sentimental and serious no. right here. And you did it. Now you're putting in pop the gator. Gator popping. I don't even know gator what it means. Gator popping is right in there at the root I'm of what I'm taking off my headphones. Talking. I don't even care anymore. Listen, seriously. Come on, man. I, okay, what's gator popping? I gotta gator know. popping, man. No, it's what's like, gator popping? Gator popping is, is where, literally popping know. pater. So gators? Have, you, have you ever, like, been totally embarrassed by something that you did? Uh, I call that Wednesday. Yeah, right. <laughs> But you know, so you and so you go through a catharsis, right? So that's what gator popping is. It's like when you're with a bunch of friends and you're dancing and uh, and you're sweating and maybe the floor is wet. You get down on the floor and you pop the gator and you and this is you've seen it in some movies, but 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 there's nothing like doing it. And and you come up and it's like a catharsis, like you've been down in the swamps, you've been down in in the filth. And you rise up back again, and your friends are all clapping and laughing because you made a fool out of yourself. But then you just hop back up, and you take a bow, and you go, yep, right. I you recognize. Go, you go, okay, now it's your turn, right? Yep, yep. And when it's really good, everybody is popping the gator at the same time. That is monumental. That is New Orleans at its essence. That is everybody equal, a man in the street, the king on the on the float, we're all the same, and we're all at the same level. It might be a really low level. <laughs> yeah. But it's guess a, what? But it's a it's level. It's more fun but at a low level. But it's a level nonetheless. Nonetheless. 
holy, I'm going to refrain from profanity, but holy cow, what an amazing journey into this amazing city before we leave. Toto and Parker, do you guys have any charities or anything you champion that you maybe want people to donate to? Or Garner to? The Ellis Marsalis. Would he like to? Eventually. The Ellis Marsalis Center is a wonderful charity that... um, that Garner's on the board of, and and actually, you know, Ellis Marsalis is one of our biggest culture bearers, and it's a super good cause because it's really helping the kids in the Ninth Ward, um, and they're getting private music lessons, and it is a, one of the places that is a culture bearer is concerned with that, and um, of course the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Foundation, which I'm on the board of. They don't need the money. Now, the CW Toto Retirement Fund, which is a 501c14, you could give some money to that, because we need that. Uh, So, uh, Mr. Toto Robinson just embodied the most New Orleanian of New Orleanian things by... Talking over everyone's charities. <laughs> About himself. But please, let's all go check out the Ellis Marcellus. <laughs> I just... Maria, am I starting to make more sense now? Oh, my God. I'll meet you there. I'll meet but you there. But know why are we friends? This is why we're friends. Ladies and gentlemen, while this cacophony and the Rebirth Brass Band plays, I'm just going to say, welcome to New Orleans. I hope everyone comes down here and contributes to this amazing community. And, 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 and Toto's house land, yeah. is a block away from the parade Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.